Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Now, the big difference, of course, is they had Kawhi Leonard in the previous two comebacks. They do not have him in this series. They may not have him in the series. Meanwhile, the Suns will be getting, eventually, Chris Paul back. Maybe not for Game 3 tomorrow, but they could get him back. Jay Will was telling us uh, by Game 4, which would be this weekend. So, P.J. Carlson is going to join us at the bottom of the hour, and we'll talk more, certainly, about this. But when it comes to Paul George, speaking of 0-2, he missed two free throws that Tough. were clutch, I mean, important free throws. It would have changed everything. That ending, yeah. he couldn't have had a tip in for a win because it would have been a three-point lead. And how about this? So Elias tells us the only, only one time this season did he go to the line and miss both free throws. Happened in February. Only one time. He made two free throws 104 times during the season entering the game. Yeah. So it was, the probability of him missing both was very low, but in the clutch. It happened. He didn't come through. I know it. It. I feel bad for him because now you're getting that he was on a high. Yeah. You know. Now all of a sudden in the game seven it became a high. You know. Doubts creeping six, in again about him. Right. Now all of a sudden it's like these last two he hadn't been able to win, and then he had an opportunity at the free throw line, and it didn't go down for him. So now people are, you know, starting to put that narrative back out there and. You know, it's which one? It's which one should we believe? They go back. All right, they go back to Staples now for the series. Down 0-2. They just leave Phoenix, where the building, as Jay was telling us, was just rocking for mm-hmm. both games. Right, a lot of intensity. Staples with the Lakers. Like, the court looks different, doesn't it? When a Laker floor is down at Staples, it feels like a different building. It's a, because there's a different there's organization. different glow. There's a different shine. Yeah. There's something different. It's the same building. But the, the Clipper floor goes down, it's a different building. Is it also a different building buzz-wise, too? Yeah, oh, totally. It's, it, I wouldn't be surprised because of the close proximity to Phoenix in down 2-0, or 0-2 better yeah. yet, that the Phoenix Suns fans wouldn't travel to Los Angeles and Clipper fans would give up their seats because they've already given up hope. I wouldn't be surprised. Think about it. The head it's coach. Not a far, it's not a bad trip. The, the, yeah. the, 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 no, it's not. It's yeah. a five and a half, Especially six hour weekend trip. on like Saturday. And, 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 and so, you know, and you certainly want to get out of that heat to Los Angeles and get a little breeze going. <laughs> and if you think about it, Ty Lue's begging LA Laker fans yeah. to join forces. He, he's pleading and begging Clakers. for Laker fans to support the Clippers just because they're in the same building in the same city. That's like. Honestly, that's like if, if if Steve Nash had said, well, now that the Knicks are out of the playoffs, Nick fans should come to our building and root for this team. You should, we should all get together and root for this team. That'd be like if, if, if Nash said that. And Nash knew no, there's no no way you say something like that. Ty Lue was a Laker. I don't – like I said the other day, he Thank still, you. you know, coming back from that step over on Iverson. Mm. You know, it, it, it's – Sounding desperate. But yeah. without Kawhi, you certainly are desperate. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by California Almonds. Whether your best means being the best bingo player in the office or the best volleyball player on the planet, you're going to need some help. Almonds are your snack to keep your head in the game and your body energized so refueled with almonds. California Almonds, own your every day, every day. So let's go to the Goodyear hotline. And I, actually, there's a perfect person to ask this about. Michael Kay, the voice of the Yankees. Also, the voice of the Michael K. Show on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Voice of the Yankees on the Yes Network and uh, also the host of Center Stage. It's a great show on that network, and he's got a book out, which we'll discuss in a minute. But, Michael, good morning. Off of just that point, you being a guy who understands New York sports better than anybody, 
how, if you're Ty Lue, do you expect that Laker fans should turn out for Clipper fans at this point? The younger you are, the more apt you are to root for two teams. Uh, I've just always felt if you're a Yankee fan, you can't root for the Mets. If you're a Mets fan, you can't root for the Yankees. Jets, Giants, Knicks, Nets. But then young people call in and go, it's not the same as when you were young. It's different now. Uh, you know, I mean, we want the Knicks to win, but we don't mind if the Nets lose. That is foreign to me. I don't get it. I don't mm. get it. I mean, the only time I rooted for the Giants was to beat the Patriots because as a Jets fan, you can't you, – how would you ever want so the Patriots to win a Super Bowl? Well, you got to have some rooting in. No, you just watch the game and enjoy what you're looking at. Why are you telling me how to be a fan? Let me be a fan. Let me be a fan the way I want to be a fan. You can't root for two teams in the same city. You just can't do it. Mm. You can't can't do it. But look, I know you got a book out. We'll get to it in a second. But uh, let's talk a little baseball. Last night, what we saw with our eyes in Joe Girardi, who decided that he was going to call out Max Scherzer and go to the umps and complain and say, hey, something's fishy going on there. Go take a look at that guy. What did you make of it? Was it gamesmanship or was it just like he really felt that Max was doing something wrong? I think it could be both. Um, Max Scherzer has high spin rates, so you, you know, you're looking out for that. But even Max Scherzer said afterward, I'd have to be an absolute idiot with everybody watching me looking for every single thing to happen that I would have anything on me. Now, I don't like the fact that a manager has the right to check. Let the umpires check. Because the manager could then check every single time. doesn't make sense. You're talking about like speeding up the game, pace of play. That becomes a gamesmanship aspect of it. Keyshawn, I hate it. I hate the whole thing. It should have never been started in the middle of the season. I understand why it was. It should have been taken care of in spring training or during the offseason. Doing it now is embarrassing. When I saw Jacob deGrom, the greatest pitcher on the planet, who has never been suspected of anything, who in fact has a low spin rate, on all of his pitches being checked coming off the mound on that game, a game one the other day. That's an embarrassment to baseball. Why would you set one of your marquee players up to look bad, to have to open up his belt on the field? It looks <laughs> terrible. looks like a perp walk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so uh, check this out, Clayton. You, so when you when you think about it, Clayton Kershaw, he he doesn't like it, right? He He said, hey, much like you and me both, if a manager is going to challenge, then he should lose his challenge flag, the right to challenge, if he does that. Do you agree? Because I do. It. I love it. Because as long as you let that have him have that bullet in his holster, he can do it every single inning. Why would you allow a manager to even disrupt the mindset of a pitcher? Let the umpires check when they want to check. Also, Major League Baseball back in their studios, should be monitoring off-the-wrap soda um, cameras. They should be monitoring spin rates. If you see an artificial spike in spin rates, get the information to the umpires right away and then check. But to check every single pitcher. Do you realize that yesterday's Yankee game, Jonathan Loisega gave up four runs in the eighth inning? Four runs. And as he's walking off the mound after being taken out of the game, they're checking him. (laughs) Well, even if he had stuff, it didn't work. (laughs) <laughs> it's why I was going to ask you about him because as we're trying to figure out who are the guys going to be most affected by it, like, for instance, you mentioned DeGrom. His spin rate actually has gone up, which is amazing, and, you know, he obviously doesn't need to use anything. But Loisica was a guy, though, coming into last night's game who was lights out. 
you know, for 14 plus innings. And then last night happened, and I know he was checked, but I was going to ask you, is, is that a result? Is maybe I know after the game he said, no, 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 I don't use anything. I don't need to use anything. But, I mean, he's not going to admit to anything. Is that an example of somebody that clearly is not going to be the same because he knows everybody's watching now? You know, in that case, I don't think it is, um, Alan, because, you know, he's known for the last two weeks that they're going to check. Everybody has. So I think that if anybody used anything, they wouldn't be using. And in his previous outings, he's been lights out. Here's the deal. Everybody is going to be uh, a suspect now every time they have a bad game. That's what baseball is set up. So if Jacob DeGrom has a 0.50 ERA, happens to have a bad game, this is what we're going to be talking about. And I think it's unfair to the players. I really, really do. It's a bad look for baseball. The reason they're forcing it through is the first two months of the season, there was no offense whatsoever. They had to stop it. But they had all of this information for months, and then you have a pitcher like Sergio Romo yesterday pulling his pants <laughs> yeah. down on the field. Does baseball actually think this is a good look? I never understood that. Like, like when they said on the field and includes the bell. We were showing it right now on ESPN News, where Romo basically he did, he flashes the umpire, and the umpire is laughing because he realizes just how absurd this whole thing looks. But it's one more responsibility. We're also, by the way, Michael, giving umpires here. Okay, now you've got to be an expert in substances and searching people. Your TSA all of a sudden. Shoes off too, please, sir. It's awful. I'm sure the umpires want no part of it. I mean, how would they know if it's a sticky substance or if it's sweat or something like that? And and the, the, the checks they had in the Yankee game yesterday – they're like lightly feeling the glove, looking at the hat. Wow, that's really great stuff. I mean, they're really going to find stuff. I'm sure there's other places that they can hide the stuff. They should be checking every single catcher, too, because a catcher right. could put sticky stuff. Remember, Yadio Molina once had a baseball stick to his chest protector. He had so much stuff on his chest. So <laughs> and the whole thing is just, it's just, it's bash backwards. It really is. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Michael K., the host of the Michael K. Show on 98.7 ESPN in New York, also the voice of the Yankees for the Yes Network. And the host of Center Stage. And now there's a book out, Center Stage, my most fascinating interviews from A-Rod to Jay-Z. And I'm looking through the list, Michael, and I'm seeing I mean, some big names. Red Auerbach, Charles Barkley, Mike Tyson, Bobby Orr, Sylvester Stallone. We mentioned Jay-Z, Lorne Michaels, Paul Simon, John McEnroe, uh, Keyshawn Johnson. I, I don't see Keyshawn Johnson <laughs> here. Uh, is that for future shows? Oh, it's definitely for future shows. Key knows how I feel about him. You know, well, we're saving Keyshawn and Michael Jordan for later shows. <laughs> oh, yeah. MJ's not on there either, huh? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then you do miss. That's okay, though. Now, now, who's like, is there that elusive guest? One maybe you've been trying to book but haven't yet? Yeah, Jay Williams. Jeez. Shots fired. <laughs> Jay's not here to defend himself. He's like Jay. Jay is no, like a. I think Jay, that's a shot at you, Key. <laughs> Jay is like a uh, Laker fan. Arrive early and leave. Arrive late and leave early. No, he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> I will reveal. I would say that the, the, the white whale would be Bruce Springsteen or Billy Joel, um, Jerry Seinfeld. Those are guys that I'd love to have on. Well, Key, Key did say, though, that he has no need to be on anything in New York because he's, you know, he's not in New York anymore, even though he's got a show. It's a national York. show. Yeah. It's a national show. You can see it everywhere. And he's also a Dodger fan. I don't know if you'd even want to deal with that anyway. Well, he knows. Show. You know what? Michael K. I understands. Respect the Dodgers. Oh, absolutely. I respect the Dodgers. Always have. 
He he understands Championship City, like the Lakers, the Dodgers. You know, he, he gets it. Well, yeah, I mean, the Yankees are that. In fact, set, set the standard. What have you done for me lately? Let's not get into that argument. Set the standard in all Let, sports Let's not get into that though. argument. Let's not do it. I like, Michael, I like wow. pay too much. Michael, what was the motivation for this book? You know what? Remember when I had the vocal cord surgery a couple of years ago? I couldn't speak for six weeks, so I just was reading a lot. One of the books I read was Howard Stern Comes Again, and I loved it. You know, he called little parts of interviews over his years on the radio. And I said, you know what? That would work for center stage. Uh, but then, it, then I pitched it, and they liked it. But I said, well, let's do all 240 interviews that we've done. And they looked at me like it was crazy because the book would be about 3,000 pages long. So we had to cut it down to 35, and uh, we did it. And then and before each interview, I give the back story of the interview, how the people acted off stage, how they acted when they arrived, how they treated people around, um, you know, the facility, just stuff like that that you don't see once the cameras start rolling. And uh, so far, people have liked it. It came out last Tuesday, and it's actually doing pretty well. I'm just glad you didn't follow on Stern's uh, title of the book. He kept it to just my most fascinating interviews and left it there. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? Also in the book is the Mike Tyson interview, as you guys mentioned. And I only found this out about two weeks ago. I didn't even know to get it in the book. But, you know, Tyson came out. He was crying on stage, laughing, alternating between happy and sad. People in the audience were sitting on the edge of their seat. The interview ends. I go, wow, that was pretty raw. And then uh, it runs on yes. And watching the night it ran on Yes was uh, was Spike Lee. And Spike Lee just picked up the phone and called Mike Tyson and said, by the way, that's a one-man Broadway show. And that's what they turned into Mike Tyson on Broadway. Based off that, so do you get residuals, yeah. anything at all? Nothing. I was completely aced out of the whole thing. <laughs> just completely pushed out of the deal. Um, so with that, I mean, what, what's the one then you got? Would it be Tyson? Would it be that show? Is there the one that you you felt like that's a good, you know, as you always say, that's a good get? What's the good get for you on this? Well, all, all the guests, as you know, um, Alan, are really A-list guests, and I'm real proud of that. I have nothing to do with it. Obviously, we have people that book the book the show. But my favorite show of all of them was Larry David. I mean, he was just – he was he was absolutely amazing, and we kind of became friends after the show. I, I've done uh, a center stage sort of interview with him at, at Emerson College because he had to give a speech because his daughter went there, and he didn't want to do it alone. So he said, why don't you drive to Boston and do this? And – now I look down at my phone during Yankee games, and he's saying, why did Boone take out this guy? So <laughs> to just even have kind of a relationship with Larry David is pretty cool. Yeah, that, that part is awesome. Is there, a, is there a Yankee great that you, you know, if, if they were here today, that you would say, that's, that's a get, I'd have to get him? Either DiMaggio or Mantle. I mean, I would love to sit down and really talk to DiMaggio. Mantle, you know, he seemed like he was an open book. He gave so many interviews throughout his life. But Joe, Joe DiMaggio kept it. Really close to the vest. That would have been a nice one to get. I see. Yeah, Yankees, no Jeter. I guess you, you talk to Jeter so much you don't need to speak to him anymore, huh? No, no. We, we He's definitely one of the 240, but he didn't make the book. Because, you know, as Alan knows, Derek gives you just so much. You know, it's not like he's, like, uh, splitting the atom when he's talking to you. I've always said that when you talk to Derek, you knock on his door, he'll talk to you through the screen for three hours. He's never asking you in the house. Right. You get a fruit basket, though, so that part of it is nice. Jeez. No oh, problem. man. What? I mean, that's it's a true story. So if you had <laughs> no, Key... It's, it's a rumor, Alan. Right. It's a rumor. It's true in my mind. If you had Key on your show, what kind of things would you ask Keyshawn? Oh, I, I mean, he's fascinating. He actually, all, all kidding aside, he'd be an unbelievable guest. The Super Bowl, playing for the Jets, you know, the give me the damn ball, playing for Parcells, being the number one pick. I mean, I might need two hours with Key. 
Hmm. Okay. Well, we, that's going to cost. We'll work. And also, you know what else I would do, Alan? This is key. How often is it that someone is so amazingly talented and equally handsome? That's a tough thing to bear. So I would ask Key about that. Yeah, that's yeah. Thank this, you. This really sounds like he's trying to get you on the show. Thank, uh, thank, thank <laughs> you. I already will get it. you everywhere. <laughs> well, go ahead. I'm going to give. I'm going to. Well, at least give you the mic. At go least ahead he acknowledges. At least he acknowledges that. <laughs> well, go ahead, I Michael. Mean, though, well, what did we do here? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving the opportunity, Michael, to to give us a little preview of what the show would be like if Key. Oh, you want me? You want yeah. me to interview Key now? Yeah, like you. Got, All right, like, so you know, two did, minutes. Did, give us a little preview. All right, so Keyshawn, did, did Parcells ever yell at you? Absolutely, many times. So many times. I About what? Everything you could think of, Michael, from my play on the field to my behavior or what he perceived as behavior off the field. I mean, once upon a time, he had me followed by our team security because he wanted to make sure that I was doing everything the right way. Were you afraid of Bill Parcells? Uh, my producer was in my ear. What'd you say, Michael? Were you afraid of Bill Parcells? Absolutely not. I gave him a tongue lashing just like everybody else would that would, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't bow down to him, but I respected him. And I think because of that, he understood where I was coming from and he respected me equally in return. All right. Now in flip time, why John Gruden? Why didn't you get along with him? What didn't you like about him? You know, I got along with him. I got along with him enough to play for him because I get along with everybody. I feel, but it was just something about him that wasn't as authentic as my other coaches that I had, like Dungey, uh, John Robinson, Bill Parcells, Todd Haley. It just wasn't. It just wasn't authentic. I kind of, you know, I, you know how when you can sense something that's not right, but you can't put your finger on it, and I think that's what it was with him. And then eventually. I feel like I was right in the end. All right, so every single player plays for Super Bowl. That's what they live for. When you finally won it, was it everything you expected it to be, and did it make all the work worthwhile? To be honest with you, and and I tell people this all the time, I don't even remember the Super Bowl. I remember playing in it, and I can recite every single game that I've ever played in, every down, every distance, every play, every everything. I can't remember the Super Bowl. I, I just why I don't know I, I I don't know I don't remember I remember you know I caught balls but I don't remember why they gave me the ball in that situation um, I just said I think I was just majorly laser focused on winning it and that was pretty much it but once you won it even if you don't remember any of the game was it worth all the work absolutely absolutely all the work everything I mean outside of Outside of my wife and my kids, there's only two things, one other thing that equal that, and that's my graduation from USC. Other than that, it, it you know, Super Bowl trumps everything. Now, you were such a highly touted player coming out of USC, the number one pick in the draft. Do you think you lived up to all the hype? You know, I, I, I lived up to my expectations and my hype. I can't live up to everybody else's expectations because no matter what you do, people are going to figure – they're going to find something negative about it because they don't fully understand what it takes to be the number one overall pick or to be successful or to take a team from one and 15 to an AFC championship game as a wide receiver that played with, I don't know, 17, 18 quarterbacks. So for me, 
I lived up to my billing. I was satisfied, you know, and, and, you know, I may never, ever get into pro football hall of fame, but I'm okay with that. I don't, doesn't, doesn't change me. Did pretty good for myself, don't you His think? Name Mike? is first on the show, Michael. Absolutely. You know, and, and as you would Absolutely know, named on the show. That's the important part. Think, so think I did preview. pretty good. Think I did pretty damn good for myself. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a preview there. And Michael, you know what just happened here, right? It's a thing that we like to call hide the host, as I got to just sit back and <laughs> and let the guests of the show do all the talking. But again, the book, Center Stage, my most fascinating interviews from A-Rod to Jay-Z, available right now. And of course, the Michael K. Show, you can hear every day from 2 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern on 98.7 ESPN here in New York. And of course, the voice of the Yankees as well. Michael, great to catch up with you. Thanks so much. Good luck with the book. I, I am waiting for it to arrive at the house any day now. Thanks. Oh, I don't know. I sent it. I sent it weeks ago. It's weird. I know Keyshawn probably got one. Uh, I checked the mail. I got to check it. I'll get Key's okay, copy. Cool. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. All right, Mike. Michael K. on the Goodyear Hotline. That was fascinating that he was had the questions. Like It just shows you great interviewer doesn't need preparation. He already knew the subject. And he just already knew what he would have, what he'd want to ask you. Yeah, I mean that's he's been doing it for like seventeen thousand hundred years. Yeah, but still, you, it's, there are some that need that preparation. Well, I need to know what I'd want to ask him. What I thought he knew right away what he'd want to ask you. Well, because he's been doing it a long time. Yeah, so yeah. he's when already good, prepared. Yeah, he's that's really being good. good. It. It See, is. a lot of people get in it and then they get out of it because they're not good. <laughs> Why'd you look at me like that? I didn't say. All right, the one thing in last night's afternoons, never mind. (laughs) Suns Clippers game that completely changed the outcome. That's coming next. KJZ, ESPN Radio, and ESPN News. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Alan Hahn in for Zubin. A key, hmm? you didn't like my uh, draft 
reform idea? No. Just going straight auction. Is, Everybody gets the same amount of money. No. And you have to basically recruit players to want to play for your team. No. It allows players to have the opportunity nope. to go where they want to go, where it's comfortable to them, based situation. Man, everybody and gonna want to go to, everybody's going to want to go to but, three or but four they places. Can't, but they can't because you only no. have a certain amount of money to spend. No, man. It's not like you can spend whatever you want. No. Everybody gets a set amount, all everybody equal amount, and you spend it any way you want. I can spend no. $3 million on each player. I could spend... All ten on one player. Make it work. Well, and if I'm ten getting... ain't gonna make it work. <laughs> you gotta have to raise. First of all, you got to raise the money. But don't you think? Well, for one player, for a rookie deal, your first year. Oh, you mean rookie? Yeah, my yeah, bad. yeah rookie okay. deal. No, what I'm saying is, is that it puts the onus on the franchises to be attractive, to be good. Don't be a mess. I, I don't get think, right. I don't, don't lose think... on purpose and get high draft picks and then use them as collateral. Like it's it well, you can lose. On, you can lose on purpose and get high draft picks, but do you know what to do with the draft picks and do you know who to select? But that's again, that's bad for business. This even is better. If you, even if the players wanted to come to your team, it has to be a two way street. Yes. So if I think Alan Hahn is good, and I give him this money and he's not any good, it's the same thing as drafting a that's dude. Fair. What's You're the right. difference? That's fair. It's fair. You're right. You still have to. I think Alan Hahn to- is a hell of a. 3 and D guy who could slide his feet, he could do all these sort of things, and then all of a sudden you become a screen setter. Yeah, that's now what, what That's what happened. Now I have bad evaluation. Mm. So, no, I don't, I don't like it. If anything, just make it like the NFL draft. Worst team. So no lottery. No, just the worst team. Well, then you're team. really going to have tanking, though. Why? Because teams will then just tank for the number one pick. That's the, the reason why they, the had, they had thing, a lottery man. was to avoid that. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. There's no difference. You don't think bad there's something teams wrong? are always in the lottery? It just seems like it, right? It's a, bad teams are always at the top of the draft. But don't we also see that there are players who end up in a place where you're like, that's not a good fit, right? Like that's not a good. It's fit. up to the coaches to get the best out of those talented players and, and make the most out of them. The problem is bad teams with good players. Those coaches are bad. You tell me a good coach in a bad city with a star player that decides to leave. You tell me that guy. The coaching is just bad. Well, there's a lot to sometimes if you put, some franchises. If you put some of these, you know, I don't know, give me, I'll just use one of the old school coaches, Pat Riley. If you put Pat Riley when he was cooking as a coach, in a, he, you put him down in Miami. Miami wasn't like that back in the day. They were just. But a, when he got there, it took, it took a couple of years. Yeah, got but them he changed it around yeah, the and they went on. And took care of business when he came downstairs. So if you got a top-notch coach like a Phil Jackson with a top-notch player in Portland like a Michael Jordan, they would have won. I still like my idea. Well, anyways, I don't like your idea. Speaking of and coaching. Neither, and neither would P.J. Carmissimo, yeah. who's joining us. He won't like the idea either. P.J. joins us on the Goodyear hotline. And, and you know what? Never mind my idea about the lottery. Why I, you I, won't tell him? Because I'd rather, you know he won't like it. Well, because A – we don't have a lot of time. B, we'll I'd rather time. ask him from a coaching perspective about a play Plenty that of time. More I'd hate time to bring up any. as one that you might have seen yourself as a coach on a coaching staff at one point, PJ. But I looked at last night's play, the, the, the lob to DeAndre Ayton, and I thought every coach watching this, no matter what sport, that's perfection. The execution of that play on many levels from the pass to the screen to the, you know, to the, to the, uh, to the player who's just trying to be that, you know, draw the defense out, you know, the decoy, whatever it was, it felt like that is as close to perfection as you can get for a coach that must have been beautiful to watch. Uh, it absolutely was. You you kind of felt bad for, 
for the other team, but the, it was exactly right. DeAndre Ayton in the postgame was fantastic because he said it wasn't his play. He said that was Jay's play. Then he gave credit to Devin Booker for the screen, which was true. Then he gave credit to Monty, the coach, which w- was really nice. And it was it, it was perfect execution. Uh, it was the defense was in such a bad position. The fact that it was Booker setting the screen for Ayton, Nick Batum could see what was happening when Devin – you know, when Devin Booker set the screen, but the last guy he was going to leave was Devin Booker. And you could understand that Jay Crowder just put the pass exactly where it had to be. It was just one of those uh, things, you know, if you're sitting on the other bench, you just shake your head. DeMarcus Cousins could have done a better job of contesting the pass than he did, but you know, you're still splitting hairs. Jay Crowder did a great job and, and uh, perfect execution at a perfect time. It's a nice way to finish a game. Coach, how stressed out, were you at that time or how stressed out would have you been at that time if you were the opposing coach knowing that what set up that play was I guess you could call it a timeout but it was not a timeout (laughs) it was more of a review and giving them the opportunity to draw up the play to win the game I'll tell you what I don't know if you if you stayed up uh as late uh Scott Van Pelt and Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson had an interesting debate after the game, it, there's just too many of these. I mean, it used to be a big part of your coaching during a game would be to save your timeout. Sometimes you'd get in a bind in the first, second, or third quarter because the other team was making a run. And, like, do I burn a timeout? I know I got to have one at the end. You'd really like to have two, you know, going down the stretch. That strategy now is not as important. You can't always bank on all these reviews. And last night was the extreme. It was absurd to have that many reviews and that many extra chances for the coaches to get with their team, frankly, for the players to catch their breath. I mean, it's really, you know, no one made the point. Guys that are tired at the end of the fourth quarter, how about all these stoppages in play where you just get to stand around? So it's, you want to get the, I don't know the answer. It was really an interesting debate between primarily between Jeff and, and Scott. Mark came down on the same side as, uh, as Scott, but you want to get the call right, but you got to either limit how many reviews you can have, or you have to limit how long they take. Because otherwise, I mean, I don't know how many minutes it took to play the last few seconds of the game, and that's unfortunate. I, I don't I know the you. right answer, but I can tell uh, you that was tough to watch last night. Yeah, there was a, there was a stat out there that said the last ninety seconds of the game took thirty three minutes to play. So that's, I knew that's somebody that. would, yeah. would go and do you know, that. You know, there was somebody that had that, right? Yeah, I, I had to find it. Yeah, but, for uh, sure, you knew it. Yeah, yeah, I'll credit Alan Yates, one of our producers, for that. But you mentioned it, the debate. So, Coach, how, how do you fix it, and do you allow the players to go to the bench, make them stand underneath the basket or on the that's, opposite side? Everybody said, okay, that, you know, to me, that's the only fair thing. Everybody said, well, that's stupid. You can't make these guys stand in the middle of the floor. I'm saying, why not? You can't let them have the extra time out. You know, it's the same, the blood rule, the whole. To me, that would be the only fair thing. If you're out of timeouts, you don't have a timeout left, you can't can't let them go in and huddle up and and do that. Or, you know, there's times that you don't let subs in the game, you know, in, in, in some of those circumstances. So I would like that. That, to me, would be one step closer toward, okay, if we're going to have reviews to get it right, but let's take away the opportunity for timeout. I like that. Yeah, the point is, though, you definitely, especially in games as important as this, you just want to get it right. We're talking with P.J. Carlismo on the Goodyear Hotline. He'll be the studio analyst for Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals tonight. 
8 o'clock Eastern on ESPN Radio. So it, I don't think it's the Eastern Conference Finals we were expecting. The Milwaukee Bucks, maybe. <laughs> Atlanta Hawks, not so much. So what do you expect from this series, and maybe is there an X factor you're looking at? To me, the X factor is the three-point shooting. Both of these teams shot the three well all year, and both of them really struggled in the last round. They haven't shot it as well in the playoffs, period, but especially in the last round. I I think that will go a long way. If one of them gets back to shooting the way they did in the regular season from three, that would be big. The other thing, you're talking two of the better offensive rebounding teams, especially in the Eastern Conference. So if if one of them can get a hold on that, that that will be big also. Uh, I think it's going to be a better series than people think. I think Milwaukee has Giannis, and and they're a little more experienced. I I, I like them. Uh, Their defense is very, very good. Atlanta's just underrated. I mean, I don't know how you can be where they are now and Mm -hmm. still be. They're not doing this with mirrors. You know, they're beating people in their own building. Like when they came out in New York going down there for game three in Atlanta, everybody said, well, that was nice. They won a game in uh, Madison Square Garden. But the Knicks are just too good to beat. I mean, they just took care of the Knicks. And then the same thing with Philly. Even though Philly was obviously struggling uh, with the Ben Simmons situation, they still said, hey, they have MB. They're gonna, the games are at home. You know they're going to take care of business. Well, guess what? They couldn't take care of business. So uh, this team is legit. Nate McMillan has done a fantastic job. Trey Young is a lot better than I thought, and I think probably than a lot of other people thought. Uh, you knew he was going to be great eventually. Uh, he he kind of stepped up the uh, process a little bit. He, he's doing some things that are incredible, the way he's breaking down people's defenses. But I think if Drew Holiday and um, Chris Middleton especially, you know, it would be nice if Connaughton and Bryn Forbes, guys who shot the ball well all year from three, would step up and shoot it that way. I mean, I never thought Milwaukee could shoot the three as poorly as they did against Brooklyn, but they still they found a way to get through. Yeah, I mean, it's we learned. I learned, you know, first and foremost in that first round, not to not to overlook the Hawks anymore, and we'll see what they could do in this conference finals. PJ, always great to talk with you. Look forward to the coverage. All right, coach. Great being with you guys. Thanks, Keith. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right. So coming up, it's called Roulette. Eight at eight, say ESPN. Eight at eight, seven two nine three seven seven six. You can tell me why my draft reform is such a brilliant idea. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus. Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Your announcer voice. No, it'd be like late night news. Yeah. I'd, I'll do the late Jerry Dunphy. was a big time dude in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. He comes on and late at night, 11 o'clock, has his paper pen in his hand. Yeah. From the desert to the sea and all around Southern California, here's the latest at 11. Take it away, Han. I mean, that's spectacular. <laughs> you could do your voice like that. We could definitely have some fun with that kind of stuff. One I day. make people mad when I do that, though. Why would that make anybody no, mad? It's people, funny. Because there are people out there in the world 
that talk like that for a, a, a real life. I don't understand what's so funny about and that. And they get mad because it's like, and I always ask people, friends of mine, I'm like, why does that guy talk like that? Like, why? Like, but don't you ever hear announcers why? and you're like, what do they sound like in normal like life? Like, no, like nobody like goes and just you know speaks an announcer voice when they're ordering dinner. Are you serious? Or when they're talking like, to a friend? I don't know. Does Lynn Berman still do stuff here? Lynn Berman does sports here. So I, so I work with Lynn Berman when I was with the Jets. We had a show together. Okay, and I swear, his voice on and off the camera never changed. Man, it never nothing. It was the same. Hey, how you doing there, Keisha? You know, it was just like, <laughs> like seriously. That's a, I never could understand that. To me, Jim Rome is a, a friend of mine. Jim is the same thing out in Southern California. You see, Jim sounds the same. Walking to him in the bank, I'm not being interviewed, Jim. You don't have to. I, here's one of my stories. Keisha, so, there you are. So, uh, how so, are you doing today? Here's a quick story for you, Hollywood story. So, I'm flying from L.A. Oh. to New York. Keith or Sutherland's on the plane. You know who that is? Yeah, 24 Heat. Yeah. He was on the plane in character, man. He had a backpack. He had all black. He had the boots on, his hat down. He was in character. Everything was felt like 24 to me. I felt safe. I was like, oh, yeah, I got Keith and Sutherland. All 5'9 of Keith and Sutherland is going to save the day. That's nothing people don't realize. When you run into an actor and you're like, you look a lot better It was on all character, though. All right, spin it. Yeah, let's spin it. Call a roulette. I felt safe. Line three. Hey, guys, this is Jacob here. Hey, Jacob. So, yeah, my point is, uh, obviously, I'm a Clippers fan, and watching that game last night was painful. Why? But Paul George, first and foremost, missed the chance by hitting those three or those free throws. Oh, yeah. But the thing that no one else is talking about is Aiden. They're all talking about, oh, it was a great play, great play. Aiden had a fistful of jersey on Zubat. And threw him right into Booker yeah, for the screen. Call, you know they're not calling that. Yeah, you're better, not calling that the bigger at the end question, of the though, the bigger question is: as Key asked, you said you're a Clipper fan. Why? When did Why? that happen? <laughs> did your parents I know, teach you better? Painful, what was painful, the motivation? I'm not going to switch. I'm not going to be a. No, no. Nobody said you should switch. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. But what was like? What started that? What was the? No. Know, first of all, are you from LA? I am not. I am uh, not. That explains yeah, everything. There you go. Okay. That explains it. Right. Okay. You had so to pick an, you get a he, pass. He, he had to pick an NBA team and he picked the Clippers. That's fine. He gets a pass. He yes. probably was during Lob City. That's probably fine. That, and that's, that's fine. fine. Okay. As long as we know you're not a native. I knew LA. he went from LA. Yeah, okay. Couldn't be. Spin it. Line five. Hey, this is Billy from Colorado. And uh, of course the way the NBA semifinals are shaking up i'm already thinking about team usa basketball i know katie is in and steph curry is out who else do you think will join guys and how easy do you think it'll be to win gold this year easy i don't know um i didn't see if they're gonna play but man I would they'll think, be able to I put it as long as you got some of them top dudes yeah they st- you still have a couple of really good players like kd said he wants to play which is a, so that's, I think that's enough terrific. in itself yeah if you got a guy like him you know, I think you're going to be just fine. But, you know, the younger guys can ball, man. Don't sleep on them. I mean, the, you know, I still Who's think coaching? you are the upper hand. Oh, man. Um, Coach K, no? No, no, I don't think it's Coach K. And I don't know why I can't think of who's coaching But right we got now. the best in the world. The and I got a, so I, I would just think having the best in the world is enough. Yeah. No, no matter no. how deep it is. Yeah. Spin it. Why are you guys all looking, staring? Like, move around, do something. Line two. Hey guys, uh, I just want to bring up. Hello. Yeah, Yo. yeah, we got you. Come on. 
All right, cool. Hey, um, we were talking about the NBA lottery earlier and how we give 14%, you know, we give the same chance to the bottom three teams. What if we change it up? You know, the NBA playoffs are so large. Why wouldn't we do something? Well, let's say the worst two teams get the same chance of winning the uh, number one pick and give the same chance to the first two teams that miss the playoffs. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of things kicked around about something like Alan that. Alan doesn't like that idea. He I likes just hate his, the idea that you can't control where you go. He likes his boring ass idea Greg that Popovich nobody likes. is the coach. Twitter, fire away on him. Get also him. going to play. And uh, also, Islanders Show Lightning could be the last game the Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.